passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. First time in a long time, but back like I never left. Taking these things as it comes, you know me, I don't read ahead. Watch me burn down everything, BDE on the TV set. When I'm in control on the road, you can never really know what's up next. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Poison Rana, postwrestling.com, YouTube, Stitch. Twitter, whatever, whatever you're listening to me on, hello and thank you. But you might be watching me live on youtube.com slash post wrestling. Yes, uh, I'm not used to these intros alone. Uh, Brayden is spending some Christmas time with the family. So I'm holding down the fort, flying solo tonight uh, for a brand new episode of Up Next. We are the NXT show on post wrestling. And welcome, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Hope everyone's had a great time. I am currently sat in our little studio. Uh, We still haven't cleaned up since Christmas. We've got uh, turkey and stuffing everywhere. Uh, Crackers that have been exploded. Uh, Wrapper from presents. It was go, go, go this Christmas. We had a great Christmas, but then straight back to work after. And uh, the BDE definitely needs some maintenance right now. But that doesn't stop us from putting out an NXT show and obviously we have to it's up next we do this every week because we are your NXT friends and well we put a cap on 2022 tonight we rounded off the year with an episode of NXT featuring you know more witches more more fire girls more crow ladies and a North American Championship main event, which we will be getting to very, very soon. Um, with it just being me tonight, will be a slightly shorter show than usual, be more of a recap with just a few of my opinions sprinkled in. But if you are watching live on youtube.com slash post wrestling, feel free to leave your thoughts. Uh, I'll be checking in on the on the chat room on YouTube to see what you thought about tonight's show. And also the Super Chats are open. If you want to leave us a little Super Chat, it is Christmas time. It is a time of giving. Uh, feel free to do so. Uh, everything is is very much appreciated. Um, but yes, a little maintenance to start with. Uh, it's been... Uh, uh, we've had uh, a lot of food. We've had presents. We've had drinks. A lot of eggnog. A lot of partying. But that doesn't mean that the Poison Rana feed hasn't been busy because we put out a lot of shows last week, starting off with our review of Home Alone 2 with the godfather of post-wrestling, Mr. John Pollock. This was such a fun review. You can find it on patreon.com slash 
Poison Rana, where Braden Harrington, myself, and John Pollock just ran down everything to do with Home Alone 2. We were talking about what drove a bird lady from a breakup to being covered in bird poop in Central Park. We, we deep dive into that. We talk about what the hell is it Peter McAllister does to afford such a beautiful house, such beautiful holidays. We talk all about that. Uh, it's so much fun talking with John anytime we get a short talk with him, especially when it's not about wrestling, because we do talk a lot about wrestling. So uh, go check out that Home Alone 2 review. Uh, we also put out a free review uh, that we recorded a few years ago on this very f- uh, on our post uh, sorry on our Poison Rana feed Santa's sleigh a bit of a throwback there Bill Goldberg playing a murderous Santa Claus that was a lot of fun go check out that we're we're starting to kind of re-release some of our old Patreon shows on our free feed so go check that out on the Poison Rana feed we also debuted What Up Do with B Detroit. He's going to be leading a new show on our Poison Rana feed, uh, talking a lot about the kind of musical influences in wrestling. And the first show was fantastic. He was joined with uh, John Ceno and Braden uh, to talk all about kind of hip-hop in wrestling and, and all the likes. It was a fantastic conversation. So go check out that. That is free. And then we've got our weekly Poison Rana show. Obviously, it has been Christmas time. So we changed things up a bit this week and we did a, uh, a kind of Christmas special where Braden, John Ceno and myself talked all about kind of Christmas traditions. Uh, we got into how Ceno's son has been kind of uh, already getting into the business world in his school. He's like six or seven. Uh, these Christmas shows are always a lot of fun. These are just where we kind of riff and talk. Um, that is on this free feed as well. Uh, lots to check out there, including our top five um, most festive moments in wrestling ever. Uh, Braden and I breaking down every kind of festive segment we've ever seen in wrestling. That's available on the Patreon. Uh, I'm throwing a lot of things at you here. I am on my own today. Um, but the best thing to do is go to poisonrana.ca to find out everything we've got going on. Um, AEW? We've been checking that out. Uh, obviously, last uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Winter is Coming, uh, Ricky Starks versus MJF. We've got another episode of AEW tomorrow coming out. Normally, we would cover this on our Poison Rana show. Um, however, this week, uh, because it is New Year's, we're going to be doing a special kind of 2022 retrospective um, where we're going to talk about all the news that's come out in wrestling. Because let's face it, 2022 has been absolutely bonkers. You thought that uh, the Thunderdome era or the empty arena era of wrestling 2019, sorry, 2020, 2021, you thought that was wild. You didn't know what you had in store with 2022. We're talking about, you know, the, the whole Vince McMahon retiring from WWE. We're talking about Sasha and Naomi walking out. We're talking about Cody Rhodes leaving AEW to join WWE. We're talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestling his first match in 19 years. We're talking about all this stuff in what I personally think is probably the wildest year we've ever had in pro wrestling. We'll be talking all about that. Um, it will be a pre-tape this week, but we will be dropping it on New Year's Day. Brayden and I talking everything about 2022. We might even give some non-wrestling shout-outs as well. Uh, so, yes, go and check that out. 
And finally, we are recording this week part one of Best Match Ever 2022. You thought the news was wild this year? Well, some of these matches were even wilder. We've put it up to you, our listeners, to come to us with what were your favorite matches of 2022. And we've compiled a list. We've checked it twice. And we're starting with matches 10 through to 6 coming out this week. You still have about 24 hours if you want to put in your votes. What do you think was the best match of 2022? We're very much looking forward to hearing from you. So yes, poisonrana.ca. Go check us out. Uh, Check out our socials as well. We've got it all on there, at poisonranapod. But yes, we are here today. We're on Post Wrestling. And we are an NXT show. Because we are your NXT friends. Friends. And, well, I think without any further ado, let's just get into it, shall we? NXT from December 27th, 2022 taped from the Capitol Wrestling Center in Orlando, Florida. And we start off, we see the Creed brothers with Ivy Nile, and they're getting ready. Julius has a big match against JD McDonough, and he says, they've had a great Christmas, but they've ate enough cookies, and they're ready to go. We then cut to JD McDonough, who says, Christmas is a time of giving, and he likes giving gifts. Well, tonight, he's going to give the gift of a loss to Julius Creed, And if he's nice, he can share it with his brother. And we start things off right away with JD McDonough versus Julius Creed. The whole story going into this is the Creeds have been feuding with Sanger and Veer. uh, But Sanger and Veer are kind of, I don't know, honorable bad guys and want to face the Creeds when they're fit and healthy. Well, JD McDonough kind of put a little spanner in the works and injured Julius Creed's leg. So now Julius is coming for revenge, um, and they're having a one-on-one singles match tonight. Uh, Julius tonight sporting, like, biker shorts instead of the regular singlet he wears. Uh, There's a nice headlock takedown from Julius for a two-count. JD kicks out, but Julius keeps the hold locked in. Um, They're fighting on the apron, and Julius sweeps McDonough off the apron and just dumps him on the announce table. Um, McDonough then comes back with a beautiful looking brain buster for a two count goes to the top and Julius does his Kurt Angle-esque leap to the top rope just like a cat goes for the vertical suplex but gets shoved off and this allows JD to follow up with a moonsault but Julius moves out of the way and this allows Julius to pick up McDonough hits his kind of rolling Death Valley driver into the sliding lariat for the win here. A big, big win for uh, for Julius Creed here. Uh, JD McDonough, we've seen in multiple main events. Um, somewhat protected here in a- NXT, especially uh, kind of, we've only really seen him kind of lose against more the top echelon of guys here. Uh, so big win for Julius Creed um, in... He continues to impress me. Some of the the like feats of strength this guy does are kind of uh, Cesaro-esque and then has that kind of amateur wrestling, Kurt Angle suplex style. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of him and I was pleased to see him get the win here. Um, it makes me wonder if, if JD McDonough's kind of done everything there is to do at this point in NXT. Um, but yeah, this, this was a kind of needed win for the Creeds. It was, in storyline-wise, to kind of say hey, Julius is good to go now. And, well, that leads us to 
What happens next? Sanger and Veer come out and they say that Julius proved himself that he's healthy and in two weeks' time at New Year's Evil, they will get the respect they deserve when they destroy the two of them. So finally, the match has been uh, finalized. It's happening in two weeks' time at New Year's Evil. The Creeds versus Sanger and Veer. Um... I can't say, and, and I speak for kind of Braden and I here, I can't say this feud has really kind of captured our imaginations much, but I have liked what I've seen from Sanger uh, in recent months. So uh, I'm hoping to see Veer step up. I, I'm, I'm hoping to see all four of these guys step up because uh, this match could kind of maybe turn some heads and uh, hopefully prove that there's, there's maybe a bit more to some of these monster tag teams. But I do see the Creeds ultimately taking this and probably going forward to face for the tag titles. We see Tony D'Angelo backstage who's being interviewed. Uh, he's going to be facing Wesley in the main event tonight for the NXT North American Championship. And he says, on the last NXT of 2022, he's going to win his first title, aside from the title of being the Don. And Mackenzie reminds him that there's still the Dijak factor going on. And Tony says, well, last week Stax took care of that. And kind of looks at Stax, who looks a little nervous. And he's like, yeah, 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 I, I took care of that. Uh, and, you know, it was a closed-door meeting. And a closed-door meeting is a, a closed-door meeting. Kind of insinuating that we, we don't really know what happened there between him and Dijak. And maybe, maybe Stax didn't quite take care of the job. Excuse me while I, I have a little sip of water here. Thank you. Um, we see the Schism, who have a little promo here. They're going to be facing the team of Odyssey Jones, Malik Blade, and Idris Onofe later tonight. And they say that our lifestyle isn't comfortable to some people. And they give Idris and Malik a warning. They say that their emotional states can drive them to anguish. And they may attempt to fill that void um, with temporary solutions to their in insecurities. But they, the schism, can help fill that void. And they realize that there are redeeming qualities with Idris, Malik and Odyssey. They have loyalty, but they must grow to build beyond that bond. And we will show you that tonight. Because, of course, it's Four Roots, One Tree. We go to our next match of the evening. Uh, I, I will say the schism are like definitely they they look way more kind of uh, like a team now. They're wearing matching gear. They've got the t-shirts. Um, their their promos they're still a little bit hocus pocus, but I th I think they're a little more kind of uh, streamlined. It's it's a bit clearer what they're saying than when Joe Gacy was completely on his own. Uh, Schism are definitely starting to uh, to grow on me uh, in something which we're going to be doing our best and worst of uh, with John and Way very soon. And I mean that that whole Joe Gacy Bron Breaker feud was terrible. So uh, it, it's nice to see them come round. NXT is developmental. It's a way to not just see people become better wrestlers, but you know everything. These these characters that are developing, the announcers backstage, the commentators, all that is this show's development and I will say Schism are starting to turn the corner uh, since the introduction of Ava Rain we go to our next match Wendy Chu taking on Cora Jade 
this has been brewing for a few times, uh, for a few weeks now. Uh, Cora Jade throwing the Slurpee into Wendy Chu's face, reminding Wendy Chu of all those, all those girls that bullied her at school. And uh, so Chu comes out here, not the normal smiley, smiley, sleepy Wendy Chu, but she charges to the ring, still in her kind of pajama gear, but charges to the ring to take out Cora. Uh, drags her to the outside, starts beating her up around ringside. Um, Jade comes back swinging her kendo stick, but uh, Wendy Chu moves. Uh, crowd really behind Chu here with some let's go Chu chants. Uh, Jade then springboards with a stomp to the back of Chu for a two count. And then uh, I notice both uh, women here are, are bloodied up here. When uh, Cora Jade bleeding from the arm. Wendy Chu's lip look busted here as well. Uh, Chu picks Cora out the corner with a powerbomb for a two count. And then hits a crossbody from the second rope. And then hits the... The full Nelson slam. I always think of test when I see this move. It's kind of the full Nelson lifting up into the, the one-handed spine buster. Look really nice. Goes up top and hits the top rope Vader bomb. And Wendy Chu wins. Um, I, I thought another kind of surprising win here. This this happened last week where we saw a couple of uh, the people you maybe wouldn't expect to usually win on NXT pick up the win. Uh, this mainly surprises me because now with Roxanne Perez being champion, I would really feel that you'd be returning to that Cora Jade, uh, Roxanne Perez feud. So to have kind of Wendy Chu win here was somewhat surprising. Um, whether they'll run this back another time, maybe some sort of gimmick match, perhaps. Um, but pretty dominant win from Chu here. And she looked great here. Uh, the gear and stuff I'm still not sure about, but there were... She wasn't doing things like the sleepy elbow. She wasn't doing the silly poses this match. Um, she looked she looked pissed. And she she wanted to fight Jade, who's kind of uh, been bullying her all these weeks. I thought the, the kind of extra intensity and, uh, and drive from Wendy Chu really, really impressed. The, the woman can wrestle. Like, she's great. Some of her suplexes, some of her kicks look really, really nice. So... I, I thought this was kind of pleasing. We, we got a sense of this with the, the Tiffany Stratton feud. And definitely it's more of a direction I want to see from Wendy Chu. We then see a promo from Jiro, who's another kind of comedic relief character who is a little, a little pissed off this week. He says, everyone knows that my jacket is who I am. And then goes into Japanese with some subtitles. He says, the jacket is what makes Ikemen Jiro number one. And without the jacket, I am just Jiro. Well, tonight, I beat scripts and take back what is mine. Yes, he's fighting scripts for the jacket. Uh, probably because scripts realized he looks like absolute shit in his gear and needed something else. So took took poor Jiro's lovely, lovely, uh, lovely, lovely jacket. Um, just looking in the in the chat room for a second, um, and RYN is saying Tiffany Stratton versus Wendy Chu in the Nana match. I assume he means the Lights Out match is one of his top ten matches of the year. So yeah, shout out that uh, definitely a a highlight from NXT uh, this year. As Neil Flanagan reminds me that hydration is important. So yes, this is a good time to plug. Uh, 
the guy who does this best going solo every single week. And that is John Ceno Evil. Check out Shot in the Dark will be arriving this Thursday on the Poison Rana feed. John runs through all of the wrestling you might have missed, including AEW Dark, Elevation, uh, Ring of Honor, if and when that does happen on the streaming service, MLW, if that is really a thing. Um, no, but Sino's fantastic. He manages to kind of do cliff notes of everything you'd have missed in wrestling, including a kind of Dark having Kenny Omega being featured quite a bit. Uh, at the moment so go listen to shot in the dark uh, it's for free on the poison rana feed john Cena does a great job every every week and we love him and i don't know how he does this every week uh seamlessly as a one-person gang um but yes jiro is pissed and he's gonna take on scripts tonight we see josh briggs fallon henley and briggs brooks jensen backstage Fallon has a big match later tonight. The battle for the bar against Kiana James. And Josh Briggs is just kind of hyping her up, bigging her up and saying, Fallon, you've got to do this for all those childhood memories. Remember when you used to play darts with your granddad in the bar? You're doing it for him. As we notice that Brooks Jensen is kind of fixing himself up and putting on a nice little shirt. And Briggs is like, what are you doing? What side are you on? Because it, it's kind of clear that Brooks is maybe trying to uh, dress to impress a certain Miss Jade. And... Uh, Miss James, rather. And Brooks kind of reluctantly says, Oh, her side. I'm on her side. Fallon says, Who's her? And Jensen says, Well, Fallon, I'm on yours. I'm on your side. Fallon doesn't seem too sure about that and says, Okay, well, let's keep it that way. So, yes, the, the team of Briggs and Jensen, maybe, maybe Jensen's looking elsewhere. Will this affect the battle for the bar? Well, we'll have to find out. So we go to, from the, the battle of the bar to the battle of the jacket. Yeah, it's NXT, guys. Ikamanjiro, who comes out not sporting a jacket, even though we are reminded he owns 101 jackets, uh, clearly he wanted to wear the one that Scripps stole. So he comes out looking looking pissed, looking angry, not happy, smiley Ikamanjiro as usual. And Scripps appears out of nowhere wearing Jiro's uh, jacket, starts to attack him, but Jiro gets the better of him, throws him to the outside and hits a really nice looking topek on Hilo. Uh, Scripps then grounds Jiro with a head scissors submission. Jiro uh, starts coming back with a lot of punches, Obviously, usually he does the jacket punches, but he doesn't have the jacket now, so he's just using his fists. And Booker the whole time is going, oh yeah, that that Ikamanjiro, he knows that strong style. He's all about strong style. I'm not sure if if uh, Booker really knows about Jiro, because it's about style strong. And Vic reminds him, it's about style strong. I don't know how much his strong style is is kind of up to scratch. Um, Scripps then goes for a standing shooting star press, uh, but misses it. Um, and then Jiro goes to the top rope, but Scripps knocks him off and hits him with the molly go round, the kind of somersault sent on uh, for the win. Uh, yeah, I, I will say we we saw Reggie um, back in kind of the twenty four seven division where he'd just basically run away and do some flips 
we are seeing him try some wrestling now, and I, I did think some of his, his stuff looked pretty nice here, um, but the the gimmick it really isn't working. I, I don't know what this character is. Uh, it looked like he was going to be this some sort of, I don't know, cyber terrorist or something attacking NXT, and instead he's just wearing kind of uh, play school arts and crafts ring gear as he's stealing jackets so i don't know what's going on with scripts i will say i i did think his his wrestling wasn't too bad here i like seeing jiro whenever he's a bit more maybe it's just my taste in wrestling where when we see these comedy acts actually wrestle and want to win because this is simulating a sport right like you should want to win i like seeing people want to win i like seeing people not just wanting to go out there and have fun and you know Try and hurt the other person. Try and wrestle. And I would say with both Jiro and Wendy Chu tonight, they kind of showed that side. Um, but yeah, scripts. I'll remind you guys, we're coming up to worst gimmick of the year. And scripts is definitely uh, definitely on that short list there. We get a little video promo from Aura Mensa, who's talking about how much he loves the club and 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 kind of... DJing and playing music and dancing in the club. He says, when the music is hitting right, it's not about your work week, your stresses, your problems. It's what is in that moment. And I want to bring that vibe to NXT. Um, we have seen Aura Mensa in NXT. We saw him in that ladder match. I don't think this is a bad idea, though, kind of reintroducing him. He felt very cold. He did feel very out of place in that ladder match. Um... It's okay. It's it's another weird gimmick. We'll see how it translates in ring. Um, but just reminding us that this guy is on the roster. So we'll see. We've got, uh, we do have, hey, maybe Fallon's bar, which we do know is dying, needs a DJ. So Aura Mensa, Fallon, get together. Let's let's make some magic. Let's, let's do business here. Moving on, we get a video insert from Alba Fire who is calling out Isla Dawn, and she says, The light of my ancestors is more powerful than the darkness of your spirit, and we will see who's laughing last, as next week is anything goes. And it won't just be the end of the year, but it will be the end of Isla Dawn. And obviously we're seeing lots of fire and fire stuff here, as Alba Fire is challenging Isla Dawn to one more match next week. Um, where we get a bit of a confirmation later, and we'll, we'll maybe get into that in just a little bit. Moving on, we have Lash Legend, who I feel we haven't seen in singles action for a while, taking on the recently debuting Lyra Valkyria, a.k.a. The Crow Lady. If you want to hear more about Bird Ladies, check out our Home Alone 2 review, which dropped on the Poison Rana Patreon just last week. But this isn't the bird lady, this is the crow lady. And, well, Lash uh, starts being a bit dominant in this match. She hits a sh uh, splash in the corner. Um, Lyra then hits this wheelbarrow arm drag, which I look thought looked pretty nice, followed by a drop kick through the ropes to Lash Legend. Uh, this looked pretty cool. It was like the, almost like a baseball slide drop kick, but between the bottom rope and the second rope. I haven't really seen this much before. Thought it looked great. Um, Vic is just on commentary doing all these uh, feather puns going oh 
That's another feather to add to her arsenal there. Ha <laughs> um, ha. Yeah. Uh, Lash comes back with some chops and then catches Lyra with a backbreaker and then goes for a cartwheel moonsault, but Lyra moves out of the way. Lyra starts coming back with some clotheslines, goes for a satellite DDT, but it seemed like Lash couldn't quite like get her all the way around, so it did look a little messy here. But Valkyria follows up with this beautiful-looking roundhouse kick, just taking her head off, and then goes to the top and hits the splash for the win. Um... Lash Legend is someone I think we've been pretty harsh on here. I haven't seen a great deal of improvement from her. There are a couple of things here that did look quite nice. I, I thought her her backbreaker looked good. Um, the uh, her cartwheel moonsault clearly quite athletic looked nice. Um, but then there's stuff like the the satellite DDT that just looked looked messy. Um, it's yeah, it, it's going to take a lot. Um, it has been a year now. We've seen vast improvements from some of these uh, kind of new PC talents. Lash Legend isn't quite there still. Um, I do get, like, she, she's got a look. Um, I do get why they they want to get Lash Legend to work. And I will say there, there were moments here she did look a little better than we've seen her before. Uh, Lyra Valkyria, I think, uh, looks really good. I didn't, I didn't watch much of her NXT UK stuff. I do think she needs a new finish. The the splash from the top just isn't... When we're seeing what some other people are doing these t- days off the top rope, just a basic kind of splash doesn't quite hit it for me. The roundhouse kick looked incredible. Uh, I mean, just finished with that. But I definitely think that, that there needs something, something else to finish to be impressive. Uh, but I do see something for Valkyria, and I, I do see her maybe moving up towards the the top of the women's roster, uh, maybe sooner rather than later. We see a video from Toxic Attraction, and this is one of those weird WWE things where someone's been released, and we're not going to mention them by name, we're not going to say why they were released or what's happened, but we're just going to insinuate that we're sad, and, and, you know, things have been... uh, We've been going through some rough times recently. Um... So it's Gigi and JC, and they're saying, We built an empire. We were the greatest faction in NXT history. Name another faction that didn't have uh, as huge an impact as we did, but then we were dealt a huge loss. And even at our lowest point, the eyes of the world hasn't moved away from the toxicness of NXT. And we reached superstardom, stepping on the backs of non-believers. We will come back and take back our glory taking down the woman that took down our empire. So Toxic Attraction kind of having their sights set on on Roxanne Perez still. Yeah, really weird. All these clips, Mandy completely cut out. It's, it's the elephant that's in the room. Um, I wonder there has been... I, I've seen some kind of rumours going around of perhaps a Chelsea Green joining Toxic Attraction. Um, I don't know if Toxic needs a new leader. I kind of, if their eyes are set on Roxanne Perez, makes me think that they might have someone else because uh, they were kind of targeting her rather than Caden uh, and Katana in the tag division. Uh, but yeah, Toxic Attraction definitely kind of lost something with Mandy gone. And I would say either just move them up as a tag team at this point or try kind of a, a new 
member of the group, perhaps, as more of a solo act. Uh, but yeah, Toxic Attraction reminding us that they are still there. We then see Bron Breaker being interviewed, and he says he's not in the mood for games after what Grayson Waller did to him last week with the, the Bret Hart trick, the, the steel plate with the spear. And he says, I'm going to the ring and calling him out right now. And Mackenzie Mitchell says, well, Grayson isn't actually here tonight, but he does have a video for him. And maybe this is a, a kind of Triple H Shawn Michaels thing, but Bron Breaker watching the TV like a normal person, facing the TV, no sideways glances. It was very refreshing. But we got this video from Waller, who is over in Sydney, Australia. And he says, as good as you are, Bron, I am smarter, but I've come home to Sydney and I'm out here by the Sydney Harbour and I may be biased, but there's not a more beautiful view than me stood right here. Uh, He talks about the Sydney Opera House and how the greatest artists from all over the world have performed there. But it wasn't until today that a true superstar stood there. He goes to Bondi Beach and he says, Australia has some of the best athletes and I'm here taking care of my body and mind and I will take care of Bron Breaker and says that I sacrificed this. All I love this here in Australia, I sacrificed this to show the world how big a star I can be and that I am. And I'll be there next week and we can have the contract signing on the Grayson Waller effect. And it cuts back to Bron, who's furious and smashes up the TV. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think... I, I thought smashing the TV was a bit much. Uh, Grayson didn't really say anything too, too kind of negative about Bron here. Um, but yeah, just I, I thought Grayson Waller came off really well last week and definitely heated this feud. Um, we've just come off the back of this Apollo Cruz Bron Breaker feud where the whole thing was just videos of them off site. Uh, I'm glad it's going to be back in the ring next week. Obviously, it's the holidays. I assume. Waller went home for Christmas or something. But it was a little bit of a step back from the previous week. We go to our next match. It's a six-man tag schism taking on the team of Idris Sanofe, Malik Blade, and Odyssey Jones. And uh, the the kind of new team of Anofe, Blade, and Jones wearing matching kind of black and red tonight. Thought looked really good. Uh, Schism, as I mentioned earlier, they, they're a lot more uniform now. They've all got kind of the same knee pads with the smiley face badge on one knee and similar kind of trunks with like their faces on the back. Uh, way, way better look. Uh, Gacy and Malik start the match. And I think uh, Gacy's showing here that his wrestling is pretty, pretty tight. Some nice kind of just like mat work here rolling around. I uh, thought it was pretty good. Idris then tags in Odyssey Jones. Uh, as Rip Fowler is running the ropes and Jones just kind of freight trains him. Malik then climbs to Jones's shoulders and jumps off with this big splash. Uh, Ava Rain is now kind of draw Jack into Booker at ringside and shows her t-shirt and says, this is the definition of living your best life. Four roots, one tree. And Booker's like, leave me alone. I I don't know what's going on. Leave me alone. Uh, Odyssey Jones then has a nice 
hot tag where showing off his speed here for the big man doing some running shoulders in the corner and picks up both of the dyad uh rip fowler jagger reed for a double sidewalk slam there's a beautiful elbow drop from Enofe where they they showed this on slow motion and the height the kind of shape Enofe had here with this looked really really nice uh but gacy breaks up the pin schism are then holding odyssey jones on at ringside as they take it in turns to run and hit him with a tope suicida it must have been about five or six of these things before jones finally goes down i thought it was a really fun spot just like the two of them holding him as the other guy runs in and hits it uh really really good and and made jones look like this absolute beast who's taking all these topes before he finally went down uh there's then a flying knee from anofe to reed and then Gacy blind tags in as Anofe is attempting a superplex. And, well, there's then a double doomsday device from Dyad to Malik and Idris, which looked really impressive. Um, and then Dyad come in with the double code breaker as Gacy comes in with the upside down for the win for Schism. In a really fun six-man, actually. I thought uh, everyone stepped up here. As I said, Schism are just coming together so, so much better than they were before. And uh, and I, I really like this team of Odyssey Jones with Malik and Idris. Uh, Malik and Idris have been really entertaining to see uh, in tag matches. And Jones is still a bit of an unproven commodity to me. Uh, we've seen them with these backstage skits, but this is the first time they've teamed. I thought they looked great. I thought they had really good chemistry. Having the two high flyers and then this big man, um, Jones had really stepped up. I really was impressed with like his speed in this match. Um, and But the, the finish from Schism here with the double co-breaker and the upside down was really nice. I, I thought this was a really well-worked match. And, and I think everyone here is starting to come out their shell a bit. Uh, yeah, th- this, was, this was pretty fun. We go backstage to Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes, who are being interviewed. And they say next week it's going to be Trick versus Axiom and Carmelo versus Apollo. Trick says Axiom can fly, wrestle, and submit, but there's one thing he can't do, and that's whoop that trick. Uh, Melo says 2023 is going to be his year. It's going to be the year he becomes NXT champion, and one man is stepping in his way of that, and that is Apollo Crews. And the, ne- the NXT Championship has one name on it, and it's Mello. And next week, we're going for two. Swish, swish. Um, yeah, these two are always very, very solid on their promos. Uh, and yeah, looking forward to it. Axiom has been putting on really great singles matches. Trick is someone who I think, as a character, like over the last year, since the beginning of 2.0, I've really grown on him. I think he's he's so entertaining as like Mello's hype man uh and kind of reports we keep hearing he's one of the like fastest improving people in the pc he's up against one of the best people in nxt right now in axiom so i hope it's it might be a bit of a, a coming out for him as well next week and i'm sure Mello versus apollo will be uh will be very solid uh but my money is on Mello. We go to a match some may call the main event of the evening because it's been a long time in the making. It is the battle for the bar. Yes. Kiana James 
paid off some of the debts and and has the right to kind of just buy out this bar. But Fallon Henley isn't going to go down without a fight. So whoever wins this match is going to have the ownership of the Henley bar. Well, Fallon comes in with a lot of aggression to start with. She hits the slide through the ropes punch. Uh, This needs a name. I just call it the slide through the ropes punch. Uh, But the move Briggs and Jensen does. Uh, There's then a backflip spear from Kiana in the corner, followed by a gourd buster for a two. And Vic is going on about, oh, well, Fallon needs to win this. Uh, She grew up in the bar. She lost her tooth in the bar. And Booker just says, what the hell was she doing growing up in a bar and losing a tooth? Which tickled me. Uh, Fallon starts coming back with these big right hands. There's a nice forearm exchange. Kiana runs the ropes and... Fallon drops down to trip her and then hits the Shining Wizard to pick up the win. Uh, So Fallon Henley keeps the bar um, in another fun match. I think think Fallon is one of the better women in NXT right now. I I see a lot of potential in her. I think she's, she's very solid, seems very comfortable in there. And Kiana James has one of the kind of newer... Uh, talents there I think has come along a long way we've seen her being kind of put in the in the final four of the battle royals she was put in that um iron survivor match uh they clearly see something in Kiana James and and I see it too she's she's got a great look and I think she is holding her own in in the ring I liked how both women were were going pretty stiff with the forearms um and yeah, I, I thought this was, uh, again, pre- pretty fun here. Good to see Fallon win it. Again, we need, we need now some sort of business strategy. How are we going to make this bar? Look, New Year's com- coming up soon. If this bar isn't full on New Year's, what are you doing? Come on. Uh, we need to see some, some punters in this bar here. We see Roxanne Perez backstage, who's being interviewed by Mackenzie. And she asked, uh, she's asked if it's sunk in yet. Winning the NXT Women's Championship. And Roxy says, well, honestly, no. It's a dream I not want, I don't want to wake up from. But I realize NXT moves fast. And the honeymoon phase will be over fast. And I can lose this title just as quickly as I won it. And you look at the list of the past champions. And everyone will be a Hall of Famer one day. And I'm nowhere near that yet. But I have to live up to the history of this championship I'm going to do everything I can to represent this championship. Uh, I think right now, Roxanne's great, sounds really humble, a real just natural baby face. There is only so long a character like this can work before it becomes a little boring. Um, But for now, it's working fine. I I think she's very naturally likable. She's great in the ring. Uh, Absolutely the right choice to be champion right now and I don't necessarily see who who is the right challenger right now to take it off of her I do see Cora maybe down the line uh which is why that loss was kind of confusing today um but yeah I I think for now Roxanne's doing absolutely fine we can't just be like a happy I'm to be here and I'm so excited all the time though we will need a step forward with this character at some point We get a video package from Isla Dawn, who is laughing because she's an evil witch. And she says, Alba Fire, I just know there's evil inside of you. I'm reaching in and dragging it to the surface. And next week, 
this extreme resolution will happen and it won't be for me it will be for you ha 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 as she laughs and cackles like an evil witch um it's then uh announced later in the night that they will be having the very first extreme resolution match alba and isla um so an extreme resolution match they said it's the first time ever i assume this is just going to be a no dq falls count anywhere that kind of thing um but this this match needs this it should have some sort of gimmick we've seen the singles match they've been whacking each other with bats and fire and spitting each other's faces with mist uh so we need a, a kind of gimmick here so um i'm sure these two will put on a pretty good match next week we move forward to the drew gulak invitational where drew's in the ring he's wearing one of those uh like head mics that you see kind of you know people who are trying to like sell shit on the street wear or like uh televangelists or or something uh he's wearing one of these and has hank walker in his john goodman shirt just stood there in his jeans and three train uh trainees like in wrestling gear in the ring with him drew says i'm joined by three trained individuals of varying skill levels looking to hone their skills and hank is just here to observe and and hank's there nodding he's smiling he's like yeah just just here to observe and he says in wrestling you're going to face individuals of all different skill levels and well first up i'm going to have luca and this guy luca steps forward which i found was an odd choice and maybe this is just because you know i analyze nxt every single week but luca's definitely one of hank walker's security guy friends so it was just a little weird having him in this segment here but whatever they're all trainees it's make-believe um so luca steps forward and drew is telling him okay turn around your back's gonna be to me goes i want you to relax you might you might feel a little pressure on your neck but just just relax a little he's like okay he's relaxing and drew grabs the wrist puts it behind the back and applies a chicken wing and luca taps immediately and he turns to hank and drew says you you notice that i released as soon as he tapped i released that's something you must do in wrestling if if your opponent taps you must release thanks like, okay all right and he, you see him like mentally jotting it down all right release when someone's taps got it got it and then he goes next i'm gonna have someone with a little bit more experience tavian and this guy tavian steps forward he says you're an amateur wrestler correct and he's like yep he goes all right let's let's roll around a little uh so drew's doing some like just classic amateur wrestling like rolling around the mat here and was actually pretty impressive here as he's still uh doing the dialogue and the commentary on what to do as he's rolling around with with tavian here um which was pretty impressive and then eventually gets him in like a almost like a like a sharpshooter knee bar and tavian taps immediately and reminds hank it's like yeah once again as you as you saw as as soon as he tapped i let go and he goes and now i'm gonna have someone who's been stepping up quite a bit recently i got miles and and clearly this guy miles uh had had his family and friends in the crowd tonight because 
a lot of chance for Miles here. Um, and, well, Miles takes it to, to Gulak. He he gets, like, the, the waist lock around the back. He takes Gulak down. And you can see Gulak is starting to look a little pissed. He's still doing the commentary, but he's he's getting a little pissed here. And finally locks in the Gulak, the Dragon Sleeper. And Miles taps immediately. But this time, Drew doesn't let go. Because he's, he's kind of pissed that Miles got the better of him. And Hank says... Drew, Drew, he tapped, he tapped, he tapped. Let go, let go. Drew's like, ah, oh, yes, but sometimes you need to, to grind these, these people a little bit more. When Charlie Dempsey's music hits, and he comes out and says he wants to give Gulak a run for his money, and Drew says, this is an invitational you weren't invited to. Dempsey says, next week I'm going to make an example of one of your students, and Drew says, Hank will be ready. So... Looks like we're getting a rematch of Hank Walker versus Charlie Dempsey. I thought for a second they were setting up Drew versus Charlie. I guess that's going to be further down the line. Um, And Hank's going to have a go at it again. I like the idea of building to a Dempsey and Gulak feud. I I liked some of this segment. I thought the... As I said, I, I thought Gulak kind of rolling around the ring whilst giving notes was pretty cool. But also, I don't know what he really taught Hank here. Like, he wasn't showing him how to apply a hold. He was just saying, yeah, yeah, and once they tap, you you let go. Which, which like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd pay someone to teach me to let go of a hold when you tap. Would have preferred more the, the technical side of it. Um, the idea was okay. I, I thought in execution, it it maybe wasn't so great. But... I do think you can tell Drew does this. You can tell he does teach people because he does seem very natural there. And the idea of Dempsey versus Drew down the line is something uh, which is is appealing to me. And then we go to our main event of the evening. It's for the North American Championship. It's Wesley, the champion, taking on Tony D'Angelo. Now, this all came back when it was the uh, the qualifier for the... North American Championship ladder match, I believe, when uh, Tony D'Angelo legitimately got a knee injury in his match against Wes Lee, and he's been blaming Wes ever since, saying he did it deliberately. Uh, he deliberately took out his knee, and Wes is saying, no, no, it was an accident that happened in the match. I wouldn't deliberately take you out. But the Don was mad, and now he's he's here to get revenge and the North American Championship from Wes Lee. Booker T is going on about how Tony D looks like he's in great shape right now because look at the tanning. Vic Joseph says, what has tanning got to be got to do with being in great shape? And Booker just questions Vic, what do you know about being in great shape? And Vic's like, okay, touche. Angelo hits a lovely looking belly to belly suplex and German suplex for a two count. Uh, Wes Lee is the one that then grounds D'Angelo with a cravat. And now Wes starts targeting that previously injured knee of Tony D. And then even hits a a standing shooting star to the knee, which I thought was a a pretty nice touch here. Uh, D'Angelo then rolls to the outside and Lee hits him with the Tope Suicida. Tony then comes back with a big clothesline. And now Tony is targeting the knee of Wes Lee. He's like, oh yeah, you took out my knee? Well, I'm going to take out your knee. 
So we're now in a bit of a, a knee a knee for a knee match. Uh, there's then a gourd buster knee first on the announce table from D'Angelo. Uh, Wes starts to make a bit of a comeback and uh, there's more shots to the knee. Wes starts doing his kind of combo of body shots, back elbows, kicks. Hits a big punch to the face. Goes for punches in the corner but gets caught with this big release powerbomb. Uh, almost like the, the jackknife just tossing Wes here. Thought looked really nice. And then Tony sets Wes up. Kind of lies him on the mat. Sets his knee up. It looks like he's going to hit like a bombs away off the top rope to the knee. But this is when Dijak comes out and takes out Stax. Uh, Tony is distracted and Lee does the backflip Pele kick to the top of the head and pins Tony D to retain. Um, yeah, pretty pretty good match here. I think Tony D'Angelo, it's, I, he really works for me when he's hitting those suplexes because I, I, think, I think they look really nice. He, we, we joked when he first started about being like this Italian Kurt Angle and I almost wish he... He leans into that more. We know he's got the, the actual amateur wrestling uh, background. Uh, he is a bit of a brawler as well, which does work with his kind of mob style. Uh, but I, I would say this was one of the better D'Angelo matches. I'm really not surprised with the finish. We've been uh, setting up like this kind of three-way for a while, especially with Stax not getting the job done with Dijak. This doesn't surprise me. This was the obvious kind of outcome here. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was a. I wouldn't say this was one of the standout main events of NXT in recent weeks, but uh, it was it was fairly solid, um, and I assume will perhaps add the three way to. I would imagine New Year's Evil, uh, if not the the North Carolina show. Uh, overall, I, I thought this was a a pretty solid week. Uh, I thought it drove forward quite a few of the stories. We had a. A payoff with some things like the Cora Jade, Wendy Chu, the uh, the battle for the bar. Um, but I do think next week's looks looks pretty good. We've got the the contract signing between Waller and Bron Breaker, which I think will need some kind of big angle or just or really strong promos from the two of them to set up for the following week. Uh, we've got the uh, sorry, what did they call it again? The uh, extreme resolution match between Alba and Isla, probably putting an end to that feud. Uh, and we've got the uh, Trick versus Axiom and Mello versus Apollo, which which I I look to be match of the week next week. But yeah, I, I think NXT has definitely been having in a bit of a stride recently. It, it's having, you know, storytelling they're following through with. That's logical. Uh, it's been having the the quality of matches has definitely stepped up. I'd say in like the last uh, last few months, and uh, yeah, uh, still got a bit of the goofiness, but it is toned down a bit. So I would say another kind of good week from NXT. Maybe not as strong as last week's, and I, I see next week's maybe be being a bit stronger too. Um, but yeah, I uh, I thought it was pretty good this week. Well. That's it. I'm I'm pretty exhausted. That's a lot of talking for one person to do uh, for a uh, for an hour or so. But I will just see if we've got any feedback before we move on. Uh, I do post up feedback on the Poison Rana group 
So if you haven't joined that yet, search for Poison Rhino on Facebook. Uh, join the Poison Rhino page, and then that will direct you through to the group. And I post feedback up there every week for NXT, as well as sometimes some of our like movie reviews and stuff like that. And it's also just fun to chat. Post whatever you want. You can, uh, yeah, uh, put some funny memes in there and everything. Uh, we've just got one piece of feedback this week from Dylan, who says, Not sure why NXT had two comedy characters get mad and has to be serious matches back to back. Yeah, it's true, they did, but uh, I'd prefer see that rather than two comedy characters just being silly back to back. Uh, but says, overall, a good show. Julius Creed is a star. I agree. Uh, that man, I, I think, will be champ one day. Um, yeah, well, that is that. Um, one last thing before we go. Uh, we have uh, finally got the the kind of audio and video of the five-year anniversary post-wrestling show uh, that John Way, Braden, and myself did in Newark, New Jersey. Um, I know... On the post-wrestling Patreon, they've just released uh, the kind of post-wrestling portion. And we're going to be posting in the next couple of days the Poison Rana portion. Where we have a title defense of the BDE Championship. Uh, it was so much fun doing this show in Newark. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of watching this back. So if you are a patron and you want to check that out, we will be putting that up shortly. Uh, but that's it from me for today. You can follow me at Davy Portman. Uh, you can also follow Braden at Braden Harrington. Go check out our TikTok as well, Poison Rana Pod. We're we're two older millennials trying to trying to figure out TikTok in this in this crazy world we live in. Uh, but as I said earlier, just go to poisonrana.ca. It will direct you to all the socials, all the YouTube channels, all of that. And, well, that's it from me. I'm still in a bit of a turkey coma, having had turkey three days straight now. Um, I am going to edit this, upload it, go to bed, and I will see you all in the new year. Take care. Be safe. Ahoy! Poison Rana.